0: time to the ladies and all the beautiful things that they've been singing the message last night was so wonderful we came last night to hear the play and or the presentation and it was so touching Uh, some of the people that came for us with us they were talking about what beautiful beautiful music it was telling the story the old old story that is ever new and it will be tonight also so Look at somebody and say, are you coming tonight? And be seated for just a moment. Thank you. God bless you. You may be seated for just a moment. We have special guests with us today, and I want to give a special appreciation to all those who helped us purchase gifts for our Abilities people for Christmas. I know there was scores of you that took them, names and gifts and so we've got christmas waiting for all of our abilities people and let's let's just say thank you to them for being here today wish them merry christmas god bless you you are so special thank you so much for being here and of course the play is tonight again the presentation the christmas celebration tonight at six o'clock and it will be wonderful so please remember that and then also if you have signed up for the uh, our Christmas program, which, or our banquet, which will be next Sunday night, and you think that maybe there's a reason you, for some reason, you can't come, please let us know because we have reached capacity of 240, and we're taking those that want to come now on a waiting list. And so if you know that you have signed up and you can't be here, please let us know that, and that will help us. We're looking forward to that. There's just so many wonderful things going on, and uh, all week long, we have regular service on Wednesday night, and then our service for next Sunday, and then our banquet is next Sunday night, so you'll want to be looking forward to that. And we're going to ask all of our uh, uh, visitors today to please remain seated, and we're going to ask all of our members and regular tenders to stand at this time. We're going to greet one another, and get out in the aisles and shake hands, and all those great people sitting behind you, just shake hands and greet them. They're our guests today. We want to thank you for being here, and we want you to get out now and greet one another and give somebody a God bless you. Thank you.
1: I came to lift you up in the sanctuary. I came to lift you up, give you all the praise. I came to lift you up. Give you all the glory. I came, I came, I came, I came to lift you up. Yeah, I came to lift you up, yeah. In the sanctuary. I came to lift you up. To give you all the praise. I came to lift you up. Give you all the glory. I came, I came, I came, I came to lift you up. You are. You are Jehovah, my God and my King. Yeah, ruler and maker of everything. I come before You, Lord, with a dance and a shout. Open up heaven, pour Your Spirit out. I came to lift You up in the sanctuary. I came to lift You up. Glory. Praise. Oh, yeah. We serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. We serve a mighty God. Sing that with us. We serve, we, serve we serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. Oh, yeah. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God.
2: Mighty God. We serve
1: a mighty God. He's mighty, yeah. mighty, 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 mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. We serve a mighty. Awesome God we serve, we serve an awesome, awesome God oh yeah We serve an awesome God You're awesome Awesome, awesome God. God Awesome God Awesome God Yeah we, we
2: serve, serve an awesome God. God We praise you Awesome God We praise
1: you Lord We serve an awesome God
2: Serve
1: awesome an awesome, awesome God Awesome God Awesome God We serve an awesome God He is awesome We serve a healing God. We serve a healing God. <laughs> healing God. Healing God, healing God, healing God. We serve a healing God. We serve a healing God. We serve a healing God. Now we serve a
2: healing
1: God. A <laughs> healing God. Yeah, no, a whatever need you have, healing God, healing God,
2: healing
1: God. We serve a healing God. Let's sing this one now. He's by healing Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. If you know it, let me see your hand. We serve a mighty God. Oh, give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We glorify your name, Lord. We have come to you this morning, to give you honor, to give you glory, Lord, to give you praise. You are worthy. Oh, you are worthy, Lord.
3: many of you with me today. You want to live to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, I was, while we were singing that song, it's one of my favorite songs on earth. As we were singing that song, I thought about that first Christmas night when all of the angels of heaven, you know, I preached last Sunday that they literally, you know, one angel came out and made the declaration, preached the message. The next thing you know, All of the angels of God's glorious heaven stepped out on the balconies and started saying glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. And then I thought about how cool and how awesome that was and how none of them could stand to to be left out. I mean, I believe there wasn't even the janitorial angels made it to the balcony that night because they wanted to be part of what was going on. But I thought about another time. I thought how awesome that would have been. But as we were singing, honor, glorify, magnify, I thought about Revelation chapter 5. Listen to this. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and living creatures, and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth such as that are in the sea and all all that are in them i heard saying all creatures blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne To the Lamb forever and forever. There's a day coming when we get to be part of the crowd that honors Him like that first night. I got a little taste of that just a moment ago. What it's going to be like. Can you hardly stand it this morning? The joy that fills your heart to know how many of you know it's not a fairy tale, it's not fiction. It's not made up. It's not somebody that was sitting off somewhere trying to come up with a religion. It literally is the truth, the foundation. The church is built on this rock. What is this rock? Born unto you this day in the city of David is a Savior. A Savior. That truth goes along with the truth that we will stand before Him. Amen. I can't hardly wait for that. I think it's going to be a wonderful moment in time. And how many of you, can you almost hear a trumpet? woo I can almost hear it. I believe with eyes and hearts of faith that if you'll, if you'll meditate on the presence of the Lord, you'll almost hear it too. How many of you know we're in the last days? We're in the last days. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. And you and I are part of the generation, I believe, that we'll see another beautiful night, another beautiful day where the power of God splits that eastern sky and we together, the Bible says, for the Lord Himself, is it alright if I just preach right now, is this alright? For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. How many have loved ones over at the cemetery? The dead in Christ shall rise first. Can you imagine the rocking and the rolling that will go on at Woodside? Then we which are alive. How many are breathing this morning? Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. He going to step out and just say, "Huh, uh you come to me. That place needs an overhaul. It needs an extreme makeover. I ain't stepping foot on that just yet. But what I would like is for all you to come up here where I am. The Bible says they will forever be with the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, 17, and 18, if you want to know what I'm speaking about. And I love verse 18 most of all because it says, Because of this, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Look at somebody, pat them on the back and say, Jesus is coming. That's comfort to your brothers and your sisters. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer right now for the different needs that you might have. If you have a special need, would you make it known with an uplifted hand today, God knows every need and care of your life and heart. He knows your circumstances and God's going to meet those needs in your life, I believe it. I want to give you an update over the last couple of days. Uh, our assistant pastor Richard and I got a got a anchoring, and, and we jumped in the car and we drove all the way to Jackson, Mississippi, eleven and a half hours one way, and then we turned right around and drove back. So if I look droopy eyed, I got a good reason. <laughs> but we went to see Pastor Watkins, who was careflighted to a hospital in Jackson from Greenville nearly two hours and there in ICU uh, he had to have immediate surgery they took him into surgery by the time that we were driving and keeping tabs with Sister Myrtle we got there in time for him to have recovered and slept and and he was waiting Uh, he didn't know that we were coming I'm a guy who likes surprise so we got all the way down there and she was texting me giving me the updates and And I said, well, let me know whatever you hear. We're praying. Your church is praying for you. I had no, the last report I got from her, I was already in Memphis and didn't even tell her. Got all the way to Jackson, got to the hospital, found the hospital. They first told me he wasn't there. We had all kinds of problems. Got there. Walked down the hallway, went up and, and I heard Sister Myrtle say, come in. And I opened up the door and I popped my head in there. You should have seen the tears. It broke my heart and theirs too. Brother Watkins was so emotional. It was beautiful to just step in that room and, and catch his eyes. We got down on our knees right there in his hospital room, prayed with him. And you know, we were privileged to actually spend that day with them. And then by the end of that day, the hospital said, Well, you can recoup at home just as good as you can here. You're doing better. So, They let him go home, so we packed him up, took him to a restaurant to eat, that was fun. (laughs) He went on his way back to Greenville to go home, and we turned, got on 55 North and drove home. He's our pastor, right, Pastor Emeritus, and we love him. I want you to continue to pray for him. He is fragile and very, very ill. They've done just about everything they can do for him, and he belongs to God. But How many of you know he's he's belonged to God for a long time, a long time? But he he sends his love, and he said, you tell my church I love them with all my heart. Then he grabbed my arm, and he said, and I love you too, Ray. (laughs) And he said, I love you, Richard. He said, we were getting ready to leave, and he said, I would tell you that you've made my whole day. He said, but you've made my week, my month, and my whole year. And I told him we loved him. So please be praying for how many of you will pray for brother and sister Watkins. We're going to pray for you as well right now. If you have a special need, you've made it known with the uplifted hand, we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to, to be with the state of Israel as well. This is our time in our service where we acknowledge and stop and we pray for the safety of Israel. I can tell you, our church has been significantly favored and blessed by God since the very first Sunday that we started praying for Israel. We will not fail to follow the admonition of the Word of God. We will not fall prey to the deceptions of the media or the people in our country who are slowly turning their back on Israel. We will stand with her and we will defend in prayer. And in any other means possible as a country, we will stand in defense of the little state of Israel. Her enemies have been poised against her for generations and thousands of years. But we, along with the remnant who have stood faithfully by her side, will continue to stay in prayer and seek the good, as Psalm says. Seek the good of Israel. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, as we come before you, we thank you that you are a God that cares about our every need. We come before you today, we pray that you will touch each circumstance for the hands that went up around this building. We believe in prayer for healing. We bring, believe in prayer for deliverance. We know that you're able to touch your people, to guide them, to lead them, and to bless them and favor them, provide for them. So Lord, we ask you that in every circumstance you would meet their needs according to your riches and glory. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus for those that need comfort through a loss of loved ones. pray. Specifically for Tiffany Puckett this morning who lost her family member, a grandfather. We ask you to touch her and comfort and strengthen her heart and the family. We ask in the name of Jesus for those who need your touch today, we ask in your name that you will be a God of great power in their lives. We ask you to touch Brother Watkins and Sister Watkins. Be with him. Continue to strengthen him and touch him as your will is performed and done in his life. We believe in the name of Jesus Christ to be strong on his behalf. We ask you to be with him comfort him let him know most of all the thing he desires more than the air that he breathes may he know your presence with him all always we pray this in the mighty name of jesus and give you the honor and the glory and lord we pray specifically for israel we lift up your chosen people we ask you to lay your hand of protection upon the jewish nation protect their borders their sons and their daughters their moms and their fathers Touch their children and be with them. Let them know favor and God, protection against the enemies that have declared their death for thousands of years. And yet they stand today. We believe they stand because of the power that you provide them. The gift of favor over them. And we thank you, Lord, that that same favor is over our lives as we trust in you. We ask your blessings on them. Keep them safe as we seek their good and the peace that belongs to Jerusalem. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask all of these things. And as a congregation at Christmas, we join together in agreement of faith and trust and say amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. Our ushers are coming to serve you at this time. And I want to take a moment, we don't do this very often, but I want to thank these guys in their maroon jackets. I want to appreciate them for the way that they're always ready to serve, always here, ready to help us. And uh, I got the wrong color, didn't I? (laughs) (laughs) What color is that? Blue. Lord, I stand in need of prayer. (laughs) The men in blue. We appreciate them very much and all the work that they do. I would like to say a special thank you to uh, Brother Bob Napier, who is our head usher. Bob, let him see your hand. This is the guy in charge, and he does a wonderful job. Appreciate him. Love him and his wife, Thelma, so much for all they do in serving and loving others. But, gentlemen, thank you. You're always there. You look out for us, you protect us, you keep us safe, you're looking out for troubles out there, and you help people find. Place to sit down when they need it, and we appreciate your your willingness to serve us. Thank you very much, every one of you. Also, want to acknowledge Brother Jerry Horn, who was uh, voted, I guess, at the Christmas banquet as usher of the year. So we thank thank you guys for that, and appreciate Jerry, his wife Nancy, and their family for all they do for our church. Jerry is one of them very, very faithful, faithful servants in ushering. We thank you as well for your your desire and your obedience to give to God today. We understand and know and do not take it lightly that you help us with our missions. All the loose offering that goes to missions, you give and you give to meet the needs around the world and I thank you for that. I also thank you for those who understand the admonition of God's Word to pay our tithes. And we all pay those together in obedience to God. So we understand that the ministries will go forward in power and might of of God's gift and God's love through you so thank you for your gifts today father we do thank you we honor you that you've blessed your people that Lord they have jobs provision and what if they want to help others I thank you for this and ask your blessings to be upon every household every job we pray favor on the job and Lord I pray for promotion in their lives I pray that your blessings will continue to Keep our missionaries on the field around the world. You will touch them, meet needs in their lives, especially at Christmas. May our gifts be uh, better than normal, that we might bless them at this season. Pray that you would touch those who are faithful to pay their tithe, to give to our building project and the different things that we're looking to the future for. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus for these things to all honor you, for all good gifts and all blessing comes from your hand. We honor you today as we give and consider it part of our worship. In Christ's name, amen. just a little taste of what you'll hear this evening. If you come back at 6 o'clock, the Christmas celebration with all the different musical groups uh, from our church, they'll all be coming together. And if you would, would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word this morning? Two things I'll make mention of. want to uh, uh, say number one, Sister Marie Oni. so good to have you with us in service. We love you very much. She has been through very uh, tough year with sickness today you just being here is a miracle and we've sure prayed for you and we love you very much i told you when i came up to you you're one of my favorite people on earth i just think she's one of the sweetest ladies you'll ever know so if you i don't mean for her to stand in line for too long but after service just go by and, and say hello to sister marione would you lift up your hands so they'll know who you are <laughs> this is hans's mama by the way <laughs> also in the in the lobby today um sister rose bailey uh, i don't see her i think she's out there well there she is she is uh, a, a life's dream for her uh was to do a recording of songs that she had written and that god had given to her through the years and she actually said please i don't want any anything pointing at me it all goes to god uh, she just thinks these are messages and song that god has given to her she has recorded them they're available uh for you out in the lobby she um got them here today so if you'd like to pick one of those up and take it I know you'll be blessed Um, so I just want to make that opportunity uh, very known to you today as you go and leave the the building we are in our third week of Advent and today we talk about joy and boy we've been joyful Uh, it's been good the choir has done great The experience and the atmosphere is set for, for today the family that we have up here with us very beautiful family oh boy there's a photo right there isn't it and look at them shoes boy Taylor has got the most beautiful shoes on this is Brandon and Ashley Dooley with Taylor and little Madison who is adorable as well they are representing our week of Advent for joy they're going to light the candle, and we appreciate this time. It's a time when we get to focus on just a family and kind of introduce you to them and let you see them. You see them do different things. Brandon's always locked away in the fish tank up there, uh, and we appreciate them so much for all they do and, and instruments. They both play beautiful instruments, and they've given so much of their time in many different ministries throughout the church. I have personally raised them just about. Uh, both of them were in my youth group and uh, loved them and so proud of them. And aren't they pretty? They're just pretty, aren't they? Very pretty group. <laughs> Ashley leads the crew. <laughs> very beautiful, very beautiful. Thank you for representing our hope today. They'll be lighting the candle while we turn in our scripture to Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Very familiar passage of scripture, so familiar I preached from it last week, but it will be a different message. For today as we look at joy. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, "Don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings or good news of great joy which shall be to all people for there is born to you this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord amen i don't know who said that but thank you that touched my spirit hallelujah and we sang hallelujah a few minutes ago there's no more universal term than that right there that lets us know man that is a good word for us thank god he sent His only Son. He sent the very best that He had when He wanted to save you and I. Amen? Father, as we come before You, we thank You for joy. True, genuine joy that comes to us through Christmas gift. We ask You to bless and touch and challenge our hearts today as we look into the gifts that You've given to us. We love this time of year, Lord, as we truly look into the things you gave to us and not necessarily focus on the gifts we give to others. I pray in the name of Jesus you would speak to us today by your Holy Spirit as we honor you and your presence in your house. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Joy. What an interesting word that the angel chose to announce joy at the good news. Now, you know, he followed it with peace on earth and goodwill to men, as far as all the angels did. But joy, he said, I bring to you, don't be afraid, for behold, for look, go find, go see what, what's, become, what's come to you. I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you, This day, in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I probably would assume there is no other single word that best describes Christmas, really, than joy. Through the years, as a little child, growing up, joy. Joy was always surrounded by the true meaning of Christmas. What it really meant to my family, and to myself, to the church, what it means to Christmas. Several of our favorite carols talk about it. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Good Christian men, rejoice with heart and soul and voice. And then one of the very best, joyful, all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies and with angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Joyful. Joyful. I wonder, though, as I look and as I've come into the pastorate and through these now eight years that I've served you as your pastor here, I have seen through the years and questioned at times the validity of joy that comes to us through our salvation. I wonder how many of us this morning are really, genuinely joyful. Now, I'm not talking about they feel joy. Feeling joy. I know that, that it's, it's good and sometimes we can be singing the songs of Christmas and we can feel that warm, fuzzy feeling and we're just full of joy for the moment. I'm not talking about joyful songs or joyful lights or joyful food. I'm not talking about all those things that make for moments. I'm talking about genuine joyfulness. Joyfulness. Christine, even when we know our heart is broken, joyfulness that literally turns our lives into a confident trust and assurance of faith in God who is reality, who is real. Sometimes, especially in church, it's a little hard to focus on a joyful attitude or a joyful kind of spirit because we focus so many times on the Imperatives of life. Let me read this statement from the dean of the chapel at Duke University. He said this, joy can be a challenge to the church. Sometimes all we do is talk about the imperatives of our life. Do this. Don't do that. You can't walk away from church. I said, I'm sorry. He said, you can walk away from church sometimes after so many trials and blessings and strength, and faith through the troubled times, feeling a little depressed. And I know that that can be true when we seem to focus so many times on the negatives. We focus on the trials and the troubles. And I've actually talked with some folks who literally, if they didn't have something uh, to talk about, they wouldn't have anything to talk about. They didn't have a problem. They wouldn't have anything to just have a conversation about. They literally live from one crisis to another. I know that this happens a lot in our lives and it really is because we got the wrong idea about joy altogether. Joy has somehow been connected to our happiness. We've defined joyfulness as being happy. It's not always the case. When we walk away from cemeteries or hospitals or jobs, families fall apart. Someone says, Well, how can I be joyful in those times? I'm not happy. Exactly. That's the joy, the real joy of Christmas, of God's gift to the earth. It's a settled peace, a hope, and yes, a joy that comes to us supernaturally, because you see, joy wasn't made, heaven's joy. Heaven's joy was not made for the earth. It's supernatural. Heaven's joy was made for the immortals. It was made for eternity. It was made to be everlasting. It's infiniteless, immeasurable. There's no way. The Bible says joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Joy. Jesus said that my joy might remain in you. And that your joy might be full. What is that difference? Well, earth's joys are temporary. The very best of them. I'm sorry. I've even seen the folks who won Ed McMahon's publisher Clearinghouse check. I mean, you see them. They're full of joy, happiness. The knock on the door, and they open the door, and the video cameras are there, and the balloons are all there, and the check is this big, and they're screaming at the top of their lungs, I'm, I'm settled now, there's no problems now, it's easy street for me the rest of my life. All too many stories, all too many times, those joys are temporary. Jobs don't last, inheritances dwindle and fade away. Publishers Clearinghouse rarely comes, and we won't even talk about Miami Gaming or the Lottery. Those things are fleeting. We know this. You even know it, but we still, we still get that prescri- subscription to house and home in hopes that we'll get that check. I wouldn't venture to even ask how many have signed up for magazines wanting to get Ed McMahon on your front door. Joy. Joy. Real joy. Real joy. This morning I want to challenge you with an idea that changes everything. It's not connected necessarily to our circumstances. It's not connected to a definition of happiness. Joyfulness comes in a settled confidence that the gift that came to you and I at Christmas is a gift that will take us all the way through our lives, no matter what we face. It's you walking out of the hospital the other evening. You gathered up all of your bags. Before, before I would have said, I don't know how she'll make it. I don't know how she'll get through this. But suddenly, suddenly, out of nowhere, Christine is walking down the hallway comforting others, putting her arm around her children, and she's comforting them and giving them what's coming to her. You see, just when you need it, joyfulness from heaven comes billowing like peace down through the heavens. He's the present help. I preached a couple of Sunday nights ago. The present help in the time of trouble. You may not know how you're going to go into a situation. You may not understand and outside of it you would say, I'll never make it through. But isn't it amazing when you have the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Just when you need it. Just in time. Something from the heavens. Something immortal. Something supernatural comes barreling in to be your strength. That's true joy. If we truly understood that this morning, it would change everything. It really would. Sometimes we fall under the deception that we see that's happened in all the world. What, What deception are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about the deception that this life, this is it. This is everything. We're strangers and pilgrims. We're journeying through. We're just passing by. I love the old Dottie Rambo song, just pass me not, oh gentle Savior. When it talks about it, we're just traveling through this life. We're trying to get to Beulah Land. We're trying to get to the other side. We're waiting for what's beyond the horizon as we say goodbye. And so many loved ones have said goodbye. And it would be most miserable if that's all there was. But it's so beautiful to remember that on the other side of the horizon of this life is another shore. that's welcoming all of us. The believers of God, the faithful, welcoming us into a presence that will be immortally joyful. The presence of God that will never fail. Whole new way of looking at life. It might even change the way we drive down the road. It might change our road rage a little bit. It might change all kinds of things. If we were to truly look to the peace and the joy, and the hope inside of us that God has given us, you know, the angel thought it was good news of great joyfulness. We've got the wrong idea. If we go back and find out what that very first gospel message was all about. You know, some people say, well, who was the first evangelist? Who was the one, first one prophet and minister? Who was the first one in the Bible who ever preached the first message of Jesus and salvation and the gospel? Who was the first evangelist? Well, that honor goes to the angel. Goes to the angel. The angel that was privileged. I, I would like to know exactly why, how God picked You know, the angel, the specific one, Gabriel, to literally be the one to step out and give the first gospel message. You say, well, he he made the announcement, but I don't know if I'd go that far. Look at Luke chapter 2 again. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord, I put in parentheses, first evangelist appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, uh uh-oh, first gospel message I have in parentheses here. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. You could almost hear a ha behind it. Good news of great joy. That will be for all the people today in the city of David. A Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. That is the first gospel message that was ever preached. That was the first evangelist that ever held a revival. And what a disruption it was. He he came right in the middle of the situation there with those shepherds. One minute, they were watching the sheep. One minute, they were literally just sitting there thinking it was going to be a long night. The very next minute, disruption comes to their life. And they don't understand what's happening. But the light shines. The angel steps out. And then all of a sudden an announcement is made. The preached message is there. And they know just enough. They don't know enough enough. To, to be a scholar. They're not out there in, in Jerusalem sitting in the temple arguing and debating over the law. They just knew enough. Mama had taught them, Granny had taught them through the years a Messiah is going to come, and when he comes, he's going to come to Bethlehem. And they knew enough about that from the old prophecies that they had a, a hope inside of them and peace inside of them that kept them attuned to what they heard. And the Bible's clear to point out that the moment they got the announcement hey, gentlemen, Good news over here. Hey, shepherds, good news. I bring you the news of great joy to your life. For unto you, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He is going to save his people from all their sins. This message, this declaration, the hope, the Messiah, he's come. They knew what it meant. The Bible is clear to point out, it says they went straight to Bethlehem. I find that interesting. And I find it parallels sometimes with the church of today, with people today. Did you not, I I looked at that and I thought God chose those shepherds. How awesome. Man, those guys, I mean, they were uneducated. They were kind of low on the social scale. They weren't like the big time folks. They weren't invited to many parties. They they just kind of worked overtime out in the field. I thought it was also a side note of trivia here. Do you ever wonder if the very field they were in as shepherds outside of Bethlehem was the very fields that David was in? I sat there and I was like, oh God, that would be just like you. To literally send those angels straight to the field where David all those years ago would play on his harp and sing the Psalms of God. God would say, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go back to the shepherd. I'm going to go back to them. I'm going to go back to the ones who aren't looking for this life to fulfill everything. I'm looking for the ones who are outcasts, who know and need a Savior. The ones who really need a Savior. He didn't even announce it to the city of Bethlehem. Now, 700 years earlier, there had been a prophecy that said, Bethlehem, Ephratah, out of you. You look, you are maybe small among the clans of Judah, but I'm going to bring out of you the Savior, that message that came straight from heaven, from the prophet Micah, and there all down through the years, 700 years of stories, of law, of scribes, of the temple, and the preaching, and the teaching, and nobody was looking. Oh, come on now, you don't see what I see. Nobody was looking. Phillips Brooks, the famous evangelist, I love to read his books, back in the 1800s, 1867, he wrote a little tune you might remember. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see the light. He wrote a most beautiful song, and we love it as we shh. But really? That's a problem for me. 700 years of waiting, longing, looking for the Messiah to come. And the town was so small, there was only one inn, and it was full. And there were no, they, they talk about, oh, little town, the little town of Bethlehem. It's only five or six miles from what I hear outside of Jerusalem. The, the metropolis of Jerusalem, you would think that close that there would be an, an entourage of people that would build and, and businesses that would move in, Christians or Jews that would literally settle there in Bethlehem. I mean, there, you would think they would be filling that place up because of the hope that was coming, the promise that was given. You would think Bethlehem would be huge. Huge. But clear up till 130 years ago when Phillips Brooks wrote this song, Bethlehem was still a little town. That spoke to me. It spoke to me that, that he didn't, God didn't split the skies over Bethlehem when the promise was to Bethlehem that you would be the place. God knew it wasn't going to be no big deal over Bethlehem. They wouldn't even make room for him. So when God went looking for a place where He knew He'd be well received, all of heaven emptied to the balcony, everybody there I said this in the early service I bet even the, the janitorial staff, the angels to take care of janitorial things was out there. Everybody maybe I said it this one, I don't remember but everybody came out to the edge of heaven waiting. As the angel stepped out and gave the decree, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then all the angels are like, That's our cue. And out they come out there and they're like, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And all of them are there and they're all looking down on the earth. Surely this is huge. This will be front page, CNN, Fox News. Everyone will cover this one. And they're all going, who are we singing to? And here's three, four shepherds going, (laughs) yo blood. (laughs) Just us here. But did you hear that? They said the Savior's been born. Do you remember granny sitting us down by the fireplace and telling us all those years about the hope and the promise of the Messiah that would come to Bethlehem? And we just see this great light and these angels. And look at all them angels. Those are beautiful. Guys, this is it. So they grabbed up all their junk and they're looking at the sheep and they're like, you're on your own. And off they go to Bethlehem. They get to Bethlehem. They didn't need anybody to tell them or guide them or direct them. They knew what to do. They knew enough. But interestingly enough, the king of Israel, Herod, who is in his great palace, and the kings who have heard the rumor have literally come to Jerusalem to find him. Amazing that they went to Jerusalem to find him. Granted, we understand it may have been a year or two I would think that if they knew enough about the law and the promises that they would go to Bethlehem first. But they were like, yo, let's go to Jerusalem. They get to Jerusalem. The king of Israel surely will know. They go to the king of Israel and he's just like, I don't know. uh, Bring in the scribes. Let's bring those Bible thumpers. They'll tell us all about it. So the guys come in and they're like, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Micah, the prophet. Ah, so off they go, looking for him. What amazed me was that the kings didn't know. Bethlehem didn't care. Herod had no clue. And I thought, how terrible, what an indictment against them in their day. And then I realized, oh, wow, sounds a lot like us. The Lord is coming. Prepare yourselves. Get ready. The Lord is coming. Prepare the path and the way of the Lord. Repent. The Lord is coming. And half the world. <laughs> Bible thumpers. We preach it in the churches. I had someone not very long ago say, you know what, I'm not going to your church. I was like, I'm so sorry. And she said, yeah, you preach too much doom and gloom. All this. Jesus coming, the world's gonna to come to an end. I ain't going to that church. I'm gonna go someplace where they lift me up. And I said, Well, God bless you. I hope you find a church that is not looking for the coming of Christ. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> but I was like, wow. Verse 18 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Why weren't they looking? Why weren't they expecting? Why weren't they anticipating? Where was the Advent? I, I wrote an article for a publication for the Church of God based on the Advent. And I'm, they've asked me to continue to write that and to write up a big article on why we, the Church of God, does, practices the Advent during Christmas. They're very curious about this. And I wrote an article and I talked about Adventus, the Latin word for the coming and what it meant and how we prepare our hearts. And that while there is a trend in churches today to move away from the sacred and the traditional and the reverent, I said this is something that has touched our church. It has blessed our church. It's changed our church. One guy wrote me back and he said, you know what I appreciate about your article? I appreciated it because you did something for me that I didn't think I'd ever feel again. He said, Christmas has just been a day for years. He said, the Advent makes it a season. To thank you for that. And I, I'm not the corner market on the Advent. They've done it for hundreds and hundreds of years. Other mainline churches, evangelical churches have done it. Many of you that have come from those churches have thanked me and said, Pastor, one of the things I missed the most about my church growing up was the Advent. Thank you for bringing that into a spirit-filled church. I want to get back to the place where we once again are looking, watching, waiting, anticipating. I loved that somebody came in this morning and they said, Pastor, I'm expecting I've come expecting today. That's my heart. That's my heart. I want the joy of the Lord to be my focus, my desire. I want the joy of God, the joyfulness of God that lets me understand and know it's not about this life or this world. I don't want to be like the caterpillar with a hundred legs attached to this earth. I want to understand and know it's all temporary. This is just my home away from home, and I'm getting ready, I was made for eternity, I was made for joy unspeakable, I was made for peace that the world can't understand, I was made for heaven, I am looking forward to heaven, and I can't wait to get there, I'm stopping all the praying me out of heaven, I'm gonna start praying for the next shuttle, I'd like to go, not that I'm praying to die, but I am sure praying for the promise, and I'm looking for the coming of the Lord, and I wanna hear a trumpet, I want to hear the sound of the angels of God in chorus as they once again are announcing to the earth that he's come. He's literally done what he said he would do. Because see, here's what's awesome about the promise and the prophecy of his word being fulfilled at Bethlehem. If he did that, he's going to finish what he started. The Lord is coming. You and I need to understand this. But I love one other thing, and I'll get ready in two minutes. Close. It says, Therefore, unto you is born. When I looked at that, I understood one huge reason why I am joyful today, and that's that the joy of the Lord comes in the fact that He's a very personal God. I don't want to be a part of religion. People hear me and they they know a lot of times they say, yeah, we know exactly how you feel about religious spirits. and we, I preach that one pretty often. But I find that it's the biggest enemy of the Christian. Therefore, it must be fought regularly. Must keep ourselves in tune not to fall prey to the deceptions of this world's ideologies and philosophies. Not even the modern ideas of religion. Religion is what killed Christ. It wasn't the sinners. The sinners heard his message and were changed. I can go and tell you about a lady who dropped her water pot, went running back into the city. It said, come, come and meet this man. Or a woman laying in the ground, surrounded by people with rocks. A sinner. Caught. With tears dripping down her face as Jesus looks at her and says, go. Sin no more. After he'd looked to the crowd and said, which one of you is sinless? If you are, you're free to throw. And No one could. Because we all need the Savior. I love what Luke says. And when you look at the Hebrew on Luke chapter 2 there, it says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now that's modern versions. But if you look at the Hebrew text, it says, For unto you is born this day a Savior, Christ, the Lord. Three titles and not descriptions. Now I understand what I mean when I say that. Luke was not saying that he is, you know, he's the Savior, um, otherwise known as the Christ. Otherwise, you, the Lord. He was saying... Three titles. He's the Savior. He used that word on purpose. The Savior, one who rescues. He's Christ. He is the hope, the Messiah, the promise from the Old Testament prophets all the way forward. He is that one that was given by God. The Lord. He is the ruler and the reigner of the universe. So Luke was saying, Unto you is born this day all the joy you will ever need in your life. All the peace, all the joy, all the hope, bathed in his love. Would you stand with me this morning? Key word is unto you. Unto you is born. Unto you is given. Unto you. The shepherds looked up and they were like, wow, for us? and all of heaven, millions of them staring at these three boys? Yeah, for you. And you, and you, and you, and you, and me. For unto you. He's a very personal, intimate God. He came to save. When God went looking for an answer for you, you all. You wonder, you've thought your whole life, does God really know me? Does God really care about me? Does God love me? Let me tell you how much he loved you. He could have sent any, any prophet, any angel. He could have created a creature. He could have done anything else. But when he looked all through heaven's very best, the best that he could find, and only thing that would be acceptable, would be a son, which meant he was sending himself, sending himself, God became your rescuer. That's how much he loves you. He's here today to turn your life upside down. I've met people who have genuinely been saved. I'm not talking about people that have made a religious commitment based on an emotion of a message, a song, or a decision, or a trouble. I'm talking about people that have genuinely changed. Their life has been turned upside down. There are many of you in this church that have testimonies. You were a carouser. You were a bruiser. You were a drunkard. You were somebody involved in troubles and you were somebody others would be afraid of. One guy in our church was testifying and he said, Pastor, people were afraid of me. He said, but I changed. When I accepted Christ, my heart got soft. And I turned into a new person. That's proof that he really came. That's proof of the joy that turns us upside down. God doesn't come to do it halfway. If you've got some kind of halfway religion, if you've got some kind of halfway change, if you've been in and out, one foot in, one foot out, you have no idea what I'm talking about. You have no idea the testimony that could come to your life. You have been living more miserable than anything else. I'll tell you, there's nothing in the church world more miserable than somebody who has just enough to feel guilty and shame and no peace and no joy and no love, you're half in, you're half out, you're living in the world on Friday, you go to church on Sunday, you're living a lie, you're you're two-faced, unstable in all your ways, the Bible says. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Let me challenge you this morning, because you have no concept of what this really all is about. There's nothing more fantastic and more beautiful, more supernatural, in a life, Jennifer, that when you find yourself with no other answer but Him, and you have found yourself on a knee, and you believe that God came to the earth, you believe that He sent His Son, and by faith you believe that He has purchased your salvation, and you know that you need Him. You recognize that you have to have Him, that you're no good on your own. You've failed a million times, and you've failed the ones you love the most, and there you stand, guilty, shameful, You've tried so many times because you keep wanting to hang on to what you think is real joy. Give me the tavern. Give me the party. Give me my friends. Give me the immorality. These are, that's my joy, man. I'll go to church, but don't take my joy. Let me tell you something, that's not joy. Temporary at best, it's a little bit of a seasonal pick me up in a life, the Bible says sin is only pleasurable for a small season, small time. It will not last, it will go away. If you're pretty, you will be old. If you are uh, slim, you might end up a little plump later on. It's all going to change. This world is not all there is. You may be looking at life like a, uh, and I, the, the comparison I feel is like, like a, a, a caterpillar you literally 100 legs attached to the earth you may be thinking man this is all there is i got to have a good job i got to have a good house i got to have 10 kids i got to have money in the bank i got to have all these things and vacations and i got to have accomplishments and degrees and position and power and authority and then i will have joy I went to a funeral not very long ago and I walked into it. The man owned half of Hamilton. He was loaded. He had houses, businesses, cars, nice cars. He had tons of things, toys. But I noticed something pretty significant about that funeral service. Brother Virgil, it was just like every other funeral service I'd ever been to. There was a casket and a shell of a human who once lived. There were a few flowers and amazing grace on CD. None of this lasts forever. You've heard the expression, you can't take it with you. So you better have a preparation for what comes after. And it isn't left to debate on television shows and religious circles and one preacher pitting against another preacher and circles of people arguing about what's real, what's not real, whose doctrine's better than this doctrine and what's acceptable. What, all of that stuff is fleeting. It is about one thing. Unto you, it's born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ, and He's the Lord. He is the author and the finisher of my faith. He's my church. He's my religion. He's my happiness. He's my peace. He's my joy, unspeakable and full of glory. I can go through the trials. I can go through the troubles. I can walk from the cemetery. I can lose my job. I can fall flat on my face in every attempt of this life, but if I have Christ. I have everything. I have lost nothing if I have him. It's joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. Joy. There you go. (laughs) Unspeakable, full of glory. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're here today, you don't have that assurance. You don't have that confidence. I'm not talking about joining the church. We're not going to sign you up today. I'm talking about will you prepare your heart. You see, he came and he was born in Bethlehem. But the purpose of him being born in Bethlehem is that he would be born in your heart. Not a religion, but a relationship with a Savior. You need Him today. Oh, how we need Him. We all need Him. You are no exception. You fight for the things of this world and this life, but those are only icing on the cake for those who believe. Your true joy comes in the greatest gift given to the earth. It's Jesus. Do you know him today? Do you have him in your life as your Savior and Lord? Do you have the confidence and assurance that one step out of this life and into the next, you will be standing on gold? It's not a fairy tale. It's not fiction. It's not theological stories. It's faith, it's truth, it's reality as surely as you breathe the air that you breathe right now that you cannot explain, there is a God. There is a Savior. And He's here today. And you need Him. What greater Christmas present could you possibly give than to give your heart to God? So I'd ask you, as you stand here today and an altar is made right there at your seat, and we get ready to pray a prayer, A prayer that is just words in and of itself. But if you accept him into your life, if you believe this in your heart, the Bible says you'll be a born again, brand new creature. Bethlehem will come to your house. If you're here today and you need Jesus, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray with you. So if you're here, would you just lift up your hand and write back down. I'm going to pray with you. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. Hands are going up. Is there anyone else? Preacher, you're right, man. I need to make the decision for the Lord. I need to make a change. God bless you. I need to make my life count for something. I'm not just breathing in air. God bless you. Anyone else? Hands are going up. People want to trust the Lord today. This is the purpose for the lights today. The song's... And the message that you would come to Christ. Anyone else? I'm going to wait just a few more seconds. What are you waiting on? Who are you waiting for? Make the decision that will change your whole life. Right here, right now. All right, we're going to pray. Going to pray this prayer and then after service, I want you to go by. If you've lifted your hand, I want you to go by our discipleship booth. I want you to see our discipleship pastor Melissa Graw and her team. They've got information for you. They're going to help you. Not going to take anything from you, they're going to give to you. They want you to give you information. If you don't have a Bible, they'll give you a Bible. They want to help you today to get established in faith. But we're going to pray that prayer right now, that'll change your whole life. And I am excited for you. I did this. Others in this room have done this, and when they did it, it changed their life. You're going to be turned upside down starting right now. Would you pray with me? Help me, church. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You came to this earth. You purchased my salvation. I give you my life. I give you my heart. heart. Be the Lord of my life. life. I believe it in my heart. I I confess you now with my mouth. mouth. Therefore, Therefore. your word says, says, I'm saved. saved. I'm born again. again. I'm a Christian. Christian. In Jesus' name, name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Today, as you go, we want to remind you that the program will be tonight at 6 o'clock on well, that great preaching, great word we heard today. The pastor's going to be making his way to the lobby to visit our guests, so that's going to be awesome. But be back here tonight at 6 o'clock for a wonderful time of fellowship and celebration. It's wonderful, wonderful to see you here again today. Merry Christmas, go. Have a wonderful afternoon, and we'll see you later. God bless you.